Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 105th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Let's hear why you're great. Oh, I'm great because well, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on, but it's September. Oh, and you know. Oh, I know. I like a good September. Yes. So yeah. it's always this time of the year. Or <laughs> I can't I, even say it. I'm I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that cool down. I'm okay. all about those in between seasons. The I spring know. And fall. You hate summer. Kyle's favorite I don't, time of year. I do not hate he summer. He hates it, I, listeners. A, okay. Wow, you guys are gonna really get me riled up tonight. <laughs> I don't. I do not hate summer, but I definitely. I like by August or so. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready for something a little, little different. As with winter too. So like out of the four seasons, you'd rank summer. Probably third. Really? Third, third or fourth? Oh. Maybe like a three and a half. What's no. the other one that could be fourth? Winter. Oh. Right, you said you have a tweens. hard time deciding between summer and winter mm-hmm. as worst. Mm-hmm. Jeez, Pete. It's, it's unbelievable, honestly. Well, um, I'm happy for you that it's September. I'm happy for me, too. Mm-hmm. As I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate jeans and long sleeve weather, or even one or the other. A nice long sleeves with shorts, a nice jeans and t shirt. It's beautiful things about both. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're younger, when I was younger, I could be outside swimming in a pool when I was most younger, of the summer. I, summer was the best yeah. by far because it meant no school. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. But when you don't have the ability to just go to the pool whenever you want, it makes summer a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. Well, Kyle, we've got uh, some news to talk about, and then we're going to break down pretty much the entire football roster make sure everybody's familiar with uh the players as we get closer to the first kickoff against alabama and that brings me into my first news item the time and tv channel have been announced for that first game it's going to be prime time on espn everybody's going to have a good seat and have good access to watch missouri most likely get throttled by alabama at 6 p.m correct Yes. So, yeah, that does uh, tell you that whoever is making these choices of television channels deems that to be a pretty good matchup. Yeah. Probably one of the better ones of week one. Better than any of the uh, Pac-12 or Big, T- Big Ten matchups, I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some there's some interesting storylines. I mean, anytime you're playing Alabama, that's uh, obviously a, a team that's pretty well known by most college football fans, but uh, just a, a new coach in with uh, at Missouri. So Beautiful Columbia, Missouri. Beautiful Columbia, Missouri. Um, yeah. There's some there's some storylines. So mark your calendars. 6 p.m. the 26th, Alabama. Uh, what else news related? Uh, did you watch Michael Porter Jr. and the Nuggets move on to the second round of the NBA playoffs? I watched the fourth quarter last night. It was a pretty low scoring game actually, comparatively to the rest of the series. And Incredibly low scoring. I saw games. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter making fun of it, saying things like, "This was some 90s." Uh, Pacers Knicks type stuff yeah um, it, it really was a great series though obviously went to game seven um, Donovan Mitchell Jamal Murray were really battling it out all series and um, some Mizzou battles with MPJ Jordan Clarkson so making lot. plays making plays absolutely yeah, the finish of that was kind of nuts that was nuts um, Denver went up to 
They got it. Yeah, they. Donovan went. Mitchell had a chance. He was driving to try to tie it and just lost the ball. Mm-hmm. And then Jamal Murray decided to pass it off to try to score. Yeah, with, with like, like five or ten seconds left. Yeah, they tried to they score. Could have run clock and you know gotten fouled, go to the free throw line. And the guy did have a wide open layup and just missed it. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Conley got the ball and had a, a decent look for uh, like a desperation three pointer to win the game. And it was on target, just rimmed out. Yep. So now the Nuggets have to play the Clippers in the second round of the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the Clip, for the Nuggets big time. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was already rooting for the Nuggets, but yeah. uh, as I also, of course, will be in round two, I don't think it'll go as well. The Jazz with that Mizzou connection, though. You mentioned Jordan Clarkson, also head coach uh, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I mentioned to you guys yesterday, both teams with great uniforms, oh, yeah. which is very important as well. When the Jazz break out those purple yes. uniforms with the mountains, mm-hmm. oof. It's beautiful. Yes. But uh, me being a Pacers fan, I kind of don't ever want Paul George to win a playoff series ever. And uh, I kind of feel like Kawhi did, you know, and I'm not a big fan of Kawhi either. I mean, he was kind of a, a pest when he was in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, He's I don't good, know. I wanna see, yeah. I want to see, I want to see Lakers Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. That'd be cool. I'm a LeBron fan. Yeah, I I really did just think the Nuggets are gonna come up pretty short. I, they've got some nice they've got some nice pieces, but uh, Clippers are very good. Yeah. All right, let's get a little bit more on topic here. Uh, Georgia quarterback Jamie Newman opting out of the season. Forgive me, I haven't researched Georgia too terribly much, but I believe he was in line to be the starting quarterback. He transferred from Wake Forest. And uh, I think Georgia fans were looking forward to it. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be a, a top draft pick, which obviously explains why he's probably opting out. Uh, but they are going to have to find somebody else to play quarterback, which Georgia's still probably going to steamroll everyone in the East, but it's certainly going to make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I mean, anytime uh, a division rival loses a big player, you know. Like two weeks before the season. Yeah, and it, even better that it's not to injury. Uh, I don't have any problem being happy about it. Uh, some commitment news. We have some upcoming commitments. Uh, football on the football side. Kyron Montgomery. Uh, what position do you play? Defensive end. Committing this coming Saturday. Yes. Uh, defensive end, four star from Indianapolis. He has been. If you pay attention to recruiting, you are well acquainted with this young man. Um, kind of been hearing about him for a long time. Um, seems like Mizzou's in the driver's seat here. Uh, it feels like they have been for a while. He's kind of circled the beginning of September as his time that he would commit for a little while now. But I would be surprised if he went somewhere else other than Mizzou. Uh, but that would be a pretty big recruiting win there as a, a four-star. Yeah, keep it rolling. And then on the basketball side, Zach Hicks, who we've talked about on the podcast, is a forward who will be committing September 4th, so in two two days from when we're recording this. Um most people think his spot on the Mizzou roster is gone thanks to the commitment of Sean Dura Gordon. Um, we still list Missouri as a finalist, um, but you know that happens sometimes, and we'll see in a couple days where he ends up. And then also Legend Geeter, same kind of situation. I think maybe maybe a slightly higher chance that Mizzou maybe still be in the mix. I still think uh, Dura Gordon kind of took that spot of the 
I think he's the six, seven forward that Konza was looking for, mm-hmm. but uh, legend Geeter posted a top five of Mizzou, Georgetown, Duquesne, Providence, and Western Michigan. Yeah, I agree that um, I think Missouri has moved on <clears throat> from both of these guys. And I, I truly think that Missouri got their guy out of that group. I think they really wanted Sean Dewar Gordon and were able to land him. Uh, yeah, like you said, legend Geeter still has Missouri in his top five, even though I don't really think that's an option. And Zach Hicks is deciding between Richmond and someone else that I can't remember, but it's not mm. it's not going to be Missouri for sure. Gotcha. Uh, any other news you can think of? I think that's it. Okay. Flew through that. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to our topic of the show, which is uh, breaking down the Mizzou football roster. And I need to let everybody know that this week's topic of the show is sponsored by twitch.tv slash it's yeti if you want to watch some call of duty gameplay maybe a little bit of fall guys check them out uh one more time that's twitch.tv slash it's yeti shout out to term and if you or you or your business wants to sponsor a future topic of the show send us an email at missouri sports at gmail.com oh you almost let me do it i wasn't gonna <laughs> let you mess it up <laughs> thank you it's yeti so Mizzou roster last season disappointment offense fell apart down the stretch defense was really good Mm -hmm. lost a lot of important pieces on both sides of the ball where do you want to start uh where where do you think it's the best place to start when we're talking about this uh Mizzou roster um well I guess we can talk about what what do you think is the position group that Missouri has the greatest strength this year Running back. Running back. I agree. Um, Larry Roundtree, Tyler Beatty, pretty much staples of this team the last couple of years. I don't see that changing. Um, obviously, we got a quarterback battle. That's something that we haven't dealt with in a long time. I, I think that uh, that's something we know pretty much the same amount as we did like six months ago. We just we, I don't think we'll know until we see somebody trot out there. And Drinkwitz has publicly stated he's not going to really give anybody a clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really think that we can go wrong with either of the two guys. I, you know, I think that they both bring a little bit of different different styles of play, but I, I would be perfectly fine with either one of those guys. I, th- I think they're both talented. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Uh, you started that sentence by saying I, I lost it already. Uh, you said I don't think they can go wrong with either option. I totally understand the sentiment, but I have to say they absolutely can go wrong with either one of them. <laughs> and i'm nervous whichever way they go so nervous regardless or you're nervous about a specific option i'm nervous either way oh nice no matter who they pick good place to be i'm gonna be nervous about it so like the opposite the other side of the coin that you flipped and i can totally see what you're saying like there's decent options and things to like about both yes they're going to pick one and hopefully go full steam ahead and it'll probably be fine and i agree however i'm going to be incredibly nervous that missouri for the first time in a really long time has not just had a guy that kind of everybody knows is the guy and that fans can just be confident is you know not let's i guess we're we're talking about quarterbacks now so um fans are going to be thinking 
every time there's a poor performance early in the season, this other guy's here. I agree. That, you will, know? Be, that will become exhausting. That's not something I'm looking forward to. And that's what makes me nervous. If I almost wish it was like a, I would almost rather there not be that other option if things start to be shaky. I don't know. I just want whoever the coaching staff picks to be serviceable and not enter, not let us doubt him and the fan base, you know, start clamoring for the backup because that's just insufferable. I agree. Um, do you think they'll see them use both of them in some way, or do you think they'll just pick a guy and, and run with it? I wish we really knew like how close the competition was. For all we know, know. it's very possible Coach Trinkwitz knows this guy is by far, not maybe not by far, but for this, Clearly. Is, the, this is the clear yeah. choice, and he's going to be the starter. It's very possible he already knows. But, uh, okay, well, gun to your head. Who's the starter day one, and why? Or just... I think it's Sean Robinson because of his experience at the D1 level. Um, and I honestly was thinking about that exact question when I was prepping a little bit and I don't, I wasn't sure what I would have said. And I think it's, I don't like that. It's kind of just uh, conventional wisdom to go with the guy that has started games, you know, started multiple games at the D1 level, but it just seems like that's how it usually ends up. And for good reason. I mean, there's a lot to learn from starting games in a power five conference and Bazelak has one has a start he has one half of that under his belt so i think it's going to be Bazelak for the upside we'll see we'll see what happens i i think he i mean obviously yeah sean robinson has the experience he's been fairly mediocre in his experience but he's uh sean he's robinson, also been injured and been in kind of a weird situation at tcu yeah yeah he did work with uh the current offensive coordinator as well so there's uh some familiarity there's some experience um but i think connor basilak maybe offers some upside and some longevity potentially of having multiple years to play at missouri um i definitely hope you're right i honestly either way i hope whoever it is i hope they separate themselves and just remove all doubt especially once the game start if they haven't in you know leading up to the first game and and honestly going up against alabama week one that's not gonna we're help not anything gonna, we're probably we're, not gonna know yeah for like uh, at least a, yeah. a game or two yeah really. withhold judgment uh till after week two at least that's fair anything else you want to say about quarterbacks you do have taylor powell and brady cook sitting there as uh further backup options you think uh you think we'll end up with a covid situation where we have to dig deep into the depth chart at all obviously you can't predict that but if there is a year where we have two capable starters this is probably a pretty good year for that i hope we don't but yeah hopefully certainly possible hopefully illness doesn't sweep through the quarterback room uh, completely it is going to be fascinating just for not you know not only missouri but just yeah imagine that happening to any sports in general i'm sure there's going to be some kind of of happening like that where a whole position group on a team is wiped out and they have to get creative or something that that will happen i'm sure We've also got uh, um, Michael Wilson the, on the roster, there you go. and he'll be, you know, in the wide receiver room. You know, yeah, he's like our secret weapon; like nobody knows about him. Yeah, he's gonna just play quarterback one. Keep him away from the quarterbacks, <laughs> and and make sure that he never goes near them, just in case something does go through there. There you go. He'll be safe. Uh, we started talking about running backs, so we jump back there real quick. 
it's so nice to look over at the, the the different media things that come out, the social media posts, and see Larry Roundtree sitting there, yeah. a familiar face who has been incredibly productive, not as much last season, and then to also have Tyler Beatty, just two guys. I almost wish that we had. I love both of those guys. I almost wish we had one of their, um, you know, the experience that one of them has at a different position mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of being slightly redundant at running back. But if you're going to be redundant in, a, in one area, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, at least they offer different skill sets. Obviously, Larry Roundtree is more of the north and, route, north and south runner, and Tyler Beatty is kind of the pass catcher. So there is kind of a nice one-two punch there. You said you do like Tyler Beatty. You love Tyler Beatty? No, that's you. Oh, well, you said you love them both. So I just oh, want to make yeah, sure I do like, too. Okay, we, I just, we both love Tyler Beatty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have some statistics regarding Larry Roundtree mm. and his career at Mizzou that you might find interesting. He finished last season with a new career rushing yards total of 2,748 yards, also 26 career rushing touchdowns. Yardage, that has him sixth all-time in Mizzou history. Mm. And touchdowns, he's eighth all time. Um, I wanted to ask you like where he'd end up on this list, but when you hear these numbers, there's no real debate to be had. He's 23 yards from fifth place, passing Henry Josie. 206 yards from fourth place. 278 yards from third place. 450 yards from second place. 1,541 yards from first place, of course, Brad Smith. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, running quarterback playing pretty much four full seasons. Yeah. I mean, that is the, that is a, a reason. Obviously, <clears throat> Larry Roundtree's been a great player, but he's played three full years. Yeah. And uh, he might potentially get to play two more full years uh, with this. Uh, Gosh. I didn't even think about that. situation. That, so, that would wreck that is, the record books. That is something, yes. That is something that, I, that I've thought about and has been discussed on online forums I've seen. Like, what do we even do about records? You know, if we have players that that come back for a fifth year and uh, and break a record, because obviously Larry Roundtree will be someone that <clears throat> will run away with the touchdown and probably yardage records if he comes back for two more full years. Yeah, that would be insane. I think obviously he's gonna be solidly in second place all by himself for the career yeah. career yardage mark. Um, as far as touchdowns go, I think. He's going to be in that same ballpark. Uh, he just needs four touchdowns to go from eighth to tied for fourth. And that's he'll probably end up in fourth place by himself because he would need 12 to be tied for third. Uh, his sophomore season, he ended up with 11. So somewhere between four and 12 makes sense. Who's he, first all-time in touchdowns? I didn't write it down. That's probably... Great. I don't even want to say. We'll have some <laughs> listeners that we've already. We've I've already made people mad by not knowing. I sorry. I who it on, is? I put you on the spot. I'll tell you. I got the record book right in front of me. I should have just looked at it before I said I don't know. Well, it's still Brad Smith well, first. I thought it might be. But Zach Abram, mm. who played from 2000 to 2003, uh, comes in at second with 40. That's a lot. Yeah, Brad Smith, 45 rushing touchdowns. That doesn't even make sense. That's pretty nuts. 
So, uh, yeah, Larry Roundtree, he's going to be he's good right there at the top of the record books. Although, when you look at these running backs that make up the career yardage list, I'm struggling to find one that played four full seasons. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not as common in football is that you have players who play for four full years. And have, like, four full seasons worth of carries, Yeah, basically. But, uh, yeah, to get up there on the, at the very top of the list, you're going to need all four. Mm-hmm. I love tracking those uh, records. And in recent years, we've had some players like Jamon Moore and uh, Jonathan Johnson, obviously Drew Locke, um, put up some numbers over their career that were... Alberto. Alberto, pretty noteworthy, and over the course of just one season. So I like tracking those. Uh, unfortunately, Larry Roundtree, the only guy that will be tracking for those kind of things, uh, maybe Nick Bolton for like single season tackles uh, something like that but yeah i'm really excited about the running backs um i wanted to get your opinion on one elijah young he's an incoming freshman and people are expecting pretty big things uh for his career at missouri Mm -hmm. but i'm wondering what you think about him just for this upcoming season yeah i think that he is he's a very good shot of being third string running back i think that he might be involved in special teams as well, but yeah, I very special back. Um, I think, like you said, he's gonna has a, a chance to be very good in his career at Missouri, but I'm not sure he's gonna probably see a lot of playing time this year just because of all the experience in front of him. You think uh, between running back duties and special teams, uh, he burns the red shirt? Uh, on a, in a normal year, probably yes. With the this, what what are we even calling this? This like uh eligibility oh yeah whatever this is uh i'll just say yes i think he burns the red okay so and then we'll we'll revise all of that when we figure out what exactly is going on with all of that man that's so bizarre and 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 i'm still not thinking about this correctly it's already decided yes that all of these players will have another year of eligibility i believe that is 100 percent I know, it kind of blows your mind a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, every time I'm thinking about it. Like, I think about it, and then it doesn't really set in. Yeah. And I just, oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, wait a second. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know. For the sake of the record books, hopefully Larry Roundtree has a great season and then goes on to the NFL. So we don't <laughs> have to worry. more worried about the integrity <laughs> of the record book than, like, an incredible player coming back from a zoo. <laughs> I mean, uh, in all seriousness... Larry Roundtree moving on, no matter what. Yeah, not no matter what. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take a while. (laughs) All right. I'm no longer going to be thinking about that. It's kind of like whenever you have like a day off at work tomorrow, like the next day, and you're like, oh, man, I got to go to work tomorrow. Ooh, no, I don't. Yeah. It like takes a while to like get in your head. Okay. So for the rest of this conversation, Unless I say otherwise, I'm pretending like it's a normal season. That's fine. Okay, just for my sanity. Just so I can get through this episode. Okay, I believe in you. Larry Roundtree's gone. Tyler Beatty and Elijah Young. That'll be a another, nasty combo. Another good combo. And then Elijah Young takes over and is the, the main guy in the running back spot for another year or two. I like the way that shakes out. Mm-hmm. But none of it will matter because it's... We're playing with Monopoly money when it comes to eligibility now. Yeah. All right. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Uh, I feel like... Go ahead. I was going to say wide receivers. Okay, sure. Wide uh, receivers are going to look a little bit different this year. Um, then, uh, obviously, we're pretty used to seeing Jonathan Johnson out there. 
not going to see that this year. Got two grad transfers coming in, and Damon Hazelton and Kiki Chisholm, which both of these guys I am expecting a decent amount of production from. I've um, been hearing amazing things about Kiki Chisholm in camp. Uh, like, he's an NFL-caliber wide receiver. We've heard those kind of rumblings about him. He's always showing up in the highlight videos that they post on social media. He's a long, rangy a wide receiver with great hands. Um, I, I really think we're he's going to get a ton of targets this year. It's really fascinating with him and Hazleton. They're coming into Missouri with a very similar role from polar opposite ends yes. of the football world. Yes. Chisholm coming from Division Two football. Yeah, he played at Angelo State. I right. had not even heard of them when he committed. No. And there was some we talked about before on Twitter. A few Division Two coaches were talking about how he is going to perform well mm-hmm. at the Division One level. And then Hazleton, who is a proven commodity at a Power Five conference. Those are two completely different ends of, yeah. the, of the football world. And we're almost expecting a similar outcome with them at Missouri this year. Yeah, Damon Hazleton caught 14 touchdowns at the highest level of, of college football at Virginia Tech the last two years. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good point that these players are coming from complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, That's more touchdown receptions than the rest of the Mizzou roster combined, I'm sure. I didn't even look that up. It might be. Um, yeah, I think Damon Hazleton, again, is a little bit uh, bigger wide receiver. I think he's 6'2", 6'3". Um, we'll probably throw the ball up to him and see if he can win some 50-50s. Um, but I, I, I'm excited Just about need both the quarterback to give it a shot this yeah, year. Yeah, and don't forget about Jalen Knox. I think he'll probably be the third wide receiver that will see a lot of targets as well. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I want to be excited. Um, I, I think it's okay to be excited about those about those wide receivers. So you know, we don't know a lot about those two guys, about those two grad transfers, but um, I think they've proven that they can they can excel. So, yeah, I would, I think I can follow the, you there. I would be legitimately worried if we didn't have Hazelton. Yeah. Just his experience. I keep coming back to that. Um, that's going to be huge for him to be like the number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were relying on Jalen Knox or Kiki Chisholm to be the go-to guy, I'd be very concerned. But them being able to be the second guy and the third guy, I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think that's a pretty nice trifecta. But after those three guys, you can, you definitely kind of have a, a drop-off. You know, you've got Barrett Bannister, who's proven he can be reliable, but I definitely don't think he's like an every-down wide receiver. I'm willing to give him a shot. Uh, Dominic Jacinto has made some plays, but again, I'm not sure that we can really rely on him to be a difference maker. Yeah, he and, and Knox both kind of up-and-down careers. That's true. Um, What do you think about the, the young guys? So... Uh, C.J. Boone and Maurice Massey both redshirted last year. They saw a little bit of, of game time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jay Macklin, uh, Chris Abrams-Drain, J.J. Hester, Chance Looper, all true freshmen coming in. Yeah, I think uh, C.J. Boone is probably more of a possession guy. Maurice Massey is probably kind of the, the home run hitter. Um, I think J.J. He's Hester. He's pretty big, too. Yeah, he is. He, he's definitely a big guy. Very athletic. J.J. Hester was the highest-ranked receiver out of all those uh, incoming freshmen. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to know where some of those guys stand whenever they're at the bottom of the depth chart, if you will. Maybe they aren't, but I would assume they probably are just because they're incoming. But out of that group, I, I think that um, probably J.J. Hester has a good chance to see the field. 
I know um, Toski Dove is a guy that has been in the program for a couple of years um, that hasn't really played a whole lot, but I think he's probably a redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore, but I think that we'll see quite a bit of him this year as well. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's hard for, if unless you're a you know five-star top-of-the-line guy, and even sometimes the lower-end five-star guys can't break out their freshman seasons. It seems like it really takes a special player to come in day one and contribute mm-hmm. at the wide receiver position, making that jump. Yeah, I wouldn't forget about Chance Looper either. Um, his dad's on the coaching staff, obviously, but he was a pretty highly ranked recruit as well who was on his way to Boise State before uh, he made the made the flip. So he has a chance Boise to Boise State hates us? See, yeah, you're probably right. He has a chance to see the field as well this year as well. All right. Uh, I'm very intrigued by the tight end group. It's kind of, I mean, uh, we're looking at a tight end group. We've got one, two, three, four, five names here on my list that have a combined 19 career catches for a total of 170 yards. Yeah. And 15 of that and 140 of that is Daniel Parker Jr. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for the tight ends this year. Um, Daniel Parker Jr., like you said, has has by far the most experience and still isn't a lot. Um, he is a premier blocker, but and he's he's very athletic. He can still go out and catch the ball, but I'm not sure I really rely on him to go for passes longer than 15 or 20 yards with um, very much reliability. Maybe he'll prove me wrong on that. I hope so, but I definitely... He is a tremendous blocker, yeah. and I know they've used him in some other like run blocking situations as well. It's kind of like almost like an H back, mm-hmm. and he's really opened up some big holes um, that way as well. But it will be fascinating to see how they use him this year because there truly is just very little experience um, after Daniel Parker Jr. So as far as a pass catching tight end, uh, we're looking at Brennan Scales, Logan Christofferson, Messiah Swenson, and uh, Nico Hay. Mm-hmm. Nico Hay got some good playing time last year as a freshman. Um, Messiah Swenson obviously came in as a pretty heralded recruit. I just, without seeing any of them really play, I would have to think Messiah Swenson has the best opportunity to come in and be a reliable pass catcher. Yeah. I think he's probably the most athletic, probably one of the bigger guys. I think Brennan Skills, he's probably more likely to be more of a blocking role, but it just, we really don't know. We just haven't seen any of the guys play very much. And I know Swenson tours ACL, I think in his first year on campus. So it's just been pretty limited experience for those guys. That that will be fascinating. Uh, We can finish off the offensive side of the ball by talking about the offensive line Uh, was, dare I say it, a detriment to the team last season. Um, that was one of the biggest surprises, I yeah. think, of the whole year was how poorly the O-line per, um, performed, especially in the run game. The pass game was still acceptable, I think, but they just really got blown off the ball a lot. They the gave game. they gave Kelly Kelly Bryant plenty of time to not throw a deep ball, <laughs> like in, in like every game that he played. Oh man, I'll never get past that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, they tried to maybe shore up the line a little bit by bringing in a uh, transfer, Michael Mayetti from Rutgers. <laughs> I like that. Michael Mayetti. Yeah, I think that was very uh, a very needed um, transaction um, just to give some kind of anchor the line. Was, Wait, transaction? What are you trying to say? You're trying to say there's a transaction that brought him to Columbia? Uh, no, Matt, maybe I should, that was the wrong word, maybe. But uh, <laughs> uh, addition to the line. Um, <laughs> 
with Tristan Castillo going to the NFL or trying to going to the NFL draft. Yes. That, um, so uh, that, yeah, that, that was nice to get him. Uh, Case Cook is probably the most well-known and he was actually just named a team captain, which is yep. pretty cool to see, but, um, we got definitely have a, have a few names. Um, Iron White, Larry uh, Borum, Larry Borum. So a couple of names you recognize. Bobby Lawrence. Uh, a whole lot of production. Yeah. One more note on Mayetti. He started 33 games at Rutgers and he was graded by, you know, football focus, probably that as the, he was the highest graded returning pass blocker in the big 10. Obviously he wasn't ever going to return to the big 10 and now the big 10 doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. So take that for what you will, but that's pretty good. Yeah, that is very good. Uh, Drake Heismeyer is a freshman who was a high, highly uh, regarded recruit. Um, other than that, uh, Thalen Robinson, Jack Buford, a couple of guys that could maybe contribute. Yeah. I've heard good things about both those guys, uh, Thalen Robinson and uh, obviously Jack Buford was, was a big time recruit, um, for Barry Odom at the time. Um, a lot of bodies. Uh, I think Coach Drinkwood said that they'll kind of move guys around a little bit. I don't think there's very many of them that are just like anchored to one position necessarily. Mm-hmm. But they'll maybe just, just Mayetti at center. Probably they'll probably just take their five five best guys and and get them out there. But um, yeah, that that's I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, but we uh, a little plug here for our last two videos that we published were just uh, excerpts of some obviously full episodes but in the most recent excerpt we talked about uh coach drinkwitz not watching film of his players and as i was watching that back i and when i was looking at this offensive line i thought this is a group of players he really needs to watch film on from last year to see you know i obviously he's looking at them he's watching them practice every day but something wasn't quite working and like you said, pass blocking was a little bit better, but something wasn't quite working in the run game. And I think you got to put a little bit of that on the running backs themselves, but it was a joint effort in, in how the running game just couldn't really do what it did the year before. So I think he's going to need to be creative uh, with his offensive scheme and use some misdirection. Um, prob- I want to see it with Tyler Beatty, you know, use him creatively i want to see plenty of tyler Beatty and Larry roundtree on the field at the same time and i think some creativity with what they're doing moving people around from the skill position uh point of view i feel like that would help the offensive line i remember last year that was something we talked about quite a bit was something we wanted to see was the run game get going you know they, they had a lot of kind of little little runs were kind of it was kind of like nickel and diamond them a little bit with the run game early on and we just weren't seeing any breakaway runs at all and uh larry roundtree just not having much space to maneuver you know he's he's a bigger guy but he has great agility great footwork Mm -hmm. and uh he was just not having much room to work with are we missing anything else offensively do you want to think that's it you think that's all the positions all the positions that i can think of um did you want to maybe spotlight some players i forget how you put it uh you wanted us to pick our what did you say a breakout player a breakout player mine is that i was thinking of is is on defense oh shoot um if i was gonna name one on offense 
I would probably, like I said, I think Toski Dove is a guy that we'll see on the field that we haven't before. Um, and wh- whatever tight end steps up behind Daniel Parker Jr., whoever that is, I don't know. Um, but I guess if I had to guess, I'd probably say Messiah Swenson. Yeah. Um. Well, you just took all the good ones. That's true. I said I said two of them. Well, Let's here's see. the thing. I think it's going to be a year of Barrett Bannister. I think even I like if it. he doesn't, uh, you know, put up huge numbers, do anything too terribly flashy. I really think they're going to give him a proper shot. And uh, I think he's going to be able to move the chains, be maybe that kind of underneath possession guy, maybe not the first option on most passing plays, but a guy when a guy that the defense maybe won't focus on as much and uh, will pick up some targets and just as long as he can be sure-handed and he doesn't really need to be explosive. we got other guys that can do that just need him to be reliable and yeah, help about to say old reliable old reliable just help move the chains when uh, especially you know when the quarterback is is being hurried which could happen uh this year look for that guy kind of running those underneath routes hopefully that, tyler Beatty's kind of doing the same thing though. that third down champion mm-hmm. yeah especially not having jalen johnson jalen johnson <laughs> he's a basketball player going to duke yeah i was gonna say who is that <laughs> uh jonathan, jonathan johnson, johnson that's his name not having him he was kind of that played that role the last few years mm-hmm. all right you think uh you think we see an improvement overall with the offense this year over maybe how take second half of last year you can't get much worse than that i was gonna say i mean yes it'll <laughs> definitely be better than i would certainly hope so better than the second half of last year um as just generally i'll say yes um kelly bryant just didn't quite provide what we were looking for last year that the first half of the year he had some moments um, he got dinged up along the way it didn't help anything yeah um wouldn't just pull the trigger on the deep ball i i think the wide receivers will actually be better this year than they were last year um i think the run game will be better so um i think it's all going to come down on 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 the quarterback uh, yeah and how they can perform but i I do think the, the offense will be better i think the scheme will be better as well yeah and i'm ready for them to just you know lean on the running game if they can get it going just don't go away from it yeah if you got two running backs as long if the offensive line can do their job i think we got two guys that can make it work mm-hmm. all right moving to the defensive side of the ball we'll start with uh what do you think is the this is actually kind of a tricky question obviously nick bolton the best player on the defensive side what do you think is the best position group separate the separate the defensive ends from the tackles uh i'd probably say safety um i think safety will be the best i think the cornerbacks will surprise the most but i'm hearing a lot of optimism out of you i i like it but well i haven't talked about the defensive line yet oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but um obviously uh Tyree Gillespie and Joshua Bledsoe both are tremendous players, wonderful athletes, and they coaching staff has been talking them up all off season. They they've been talking uh, about for them. like two years. Yeah. So, um, I I think the safeties are going to be really really good. Uh, my breakout player, my my breakout candidate for this year is Stacy Brown, and he will probably play kind of the hybrid safety um, linebacker position that Ronnell Perkins played last year. I would. 
assume that's probably where they will fit him in because I think he's too good to keep him off the field. Um, I don't know if he'll just mainly play in kind of like third down situations or if they'll kind of find a role for him on all three downs. I don't know. but uh, Backup safeties, Martez Manuel and Jelani, Jelani Williams. Yeah. I mean, when you've got some pretty heralded recruits that really haven't seen the field yet because of the upperclassmen in front of them just doing their job and doing it well, I mean, that's a recipe for sustained success. Mm-hmm. They can hopefully pass the torch to those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully though, just the entire secondary kind of takes a step this year. The, the cornerbacks, uh, we talked about it actually pretty recently on another episode, but lost a couple guys, but, uh, return Jarvis Ware, uh, return Adam Sparks, and we're going to add Ennis Rakestraw and some couple other guys that we've had in the program for a couple of years. I, th- I think that we will be pretty good at cornerback and it'll be really interesting to see who wins the starting job? Um, will it be uh, Jarvis Ware is a shoe in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think outside of Nick Bolton, he might be one of the best players we have on our entire team. Um, huh. But and I, so I think Jarvis Ware will definitely take a step this year. We'll see if he keeps trash talking as much as he did last year. <laughs> and um, I think Ennis Rakestraw has a shot to win the other starting job, but they might kind of rotate guys a little bit. Sure. In the other spot. Cornerback is typically a rotational position anyway. Uh, help me out here, Jarvis Ware. <laughs> kind of surprised everybody by starting game one this past season we kind of you know we're penciling in ac and holmes mm-hmm. yeah all off season i think you're right week one top of the depth chart jarvis Ware. yep you're yeah. exactly right uh okay so all right you mentioned the defensive ends did you say ends or just line just the d line in general well let's talk about the ends uh, Missouri has not been able to get a pass rush going for a little while now. And the pass rush has only come from the interior linemen. Of guys that aren't there anymore. Right. <clears throat> um, so we're looking at names that are familiar. Chris Turner, Jatorian Hansford, Isaiah McGuire, Trey Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Chris Turner and Trey Williams will probably be the best candidates to start. Um, it's kind of that conversation. It's like they've been here but is that yeah. a good thing? Right. Because neither one of them have really performed. And those guys, kind of talking about opposite ends of the spectrum earlier, these guys, kind of the same thing. Trey Williams, super high-rated recruit, four-star in Missouri's backyard. Um, Chris Turner, kind of a kind of an under-the-radar guy, kind of a two-star player that you know we had pretty high hopes for. We did, we had a kind of we're hoping that he might be Chris Harris, like or uh, yeah. Or Charles Harris, excuse me, yeah. uh, 2.0. Or Chris Harris. Chris Harris, yeah. <laughs> He's pretty good, too. <laughs> He's okay. Uh, kind of the low-rated low, low rated recruit come in and, and, uh, and dazzle. He hasn't quite done that, but I, I think he can. Um, but Benjamin Key, player that's coming in that maybe could make a difference. Yes. I, is he? I think he's the guy from Australia who, ha- yeah. who hasn't played a whole lot. Yeah. But... You know, maybe kind of a high upside guy doesn't have a throw ton him of, out there. Throw him out there, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. um, I think a guy to watch on the on the D end uh, is Isaiah McGuire. I think he's probably one of the more talented guys they have. It's just he's young and hasn't played a whole lot. But I think that's a name we will. That'll probably be a household name in the next year or two. Sometimes I'm just going to say a name and just see what you say, like Benjamin Key. Uh, take it away i'm fine with that (laughs) it means i don't have to think of the name so which it's easier for me to as long as you have something to say about them yeah uh okay uh defensive line uh the interior now 
Kobe Whiteside. No, Kobe Whiteside is going to be there. Yep. And it's all going to come down to what can Kobe Whiteside do without Jordan Elliott? Because right. obviously last year he had a pretty solid season. He had a few sacks, and most notably, I remember he had a huge sack against Alabama um, on on Tua last year. That, that obviously comes to mind as a had huge a big game play. against Arkansas at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, what is he doing when uh, Jordan Elliott's not taking up? you know, not living in the minds of the entire offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not sure what's going to happen. I don't, I'm not sure who's going to, who's going to start there. I think honestly, Isaiah McGuire has a, has a chance to even play some inside. I think Akil Byers has a shot to start there. Um, just to kind of a bunch of guys. I, I don't know. Mantra Edwards. Yeah. He's a uh, incoming freshman. We'll, you know, we'll see. I, I would lean probably, on the side that he probably won't play as much probably won't start but he he definitely might see a few snaps yeah might be one of those things where he just throw some guys out there and see what happens I, that's what i'm saying just give them all some snaps and see if anybody can do something mm-hmm. but i, I need know. nick bolton to make about 200 tackles this year okay well we uh, we'll get all that. we have left is the <laughs> linebackers but you mentioned nick bolton um obviously he's amazing i wrote down here we were joking right before we hit record about there being five Nick Boltons on the defensive side of the ball, how that would be, you know, that's all we need. Yeah. And so I want to actually imagine that real quick. Okay. So put, would we just put two Nick Boltons at linebacker? Obviously. Give me one as a safety. (laughs) We don't need the safety though. Maybe in some sets he's in the defensive backfield. Okay. But if we got two at linebacker two on the ends and one three linebackers well you now know, that's something huh? <laughs> now you're thinking yeah i would take i would take uh nick bolton as all three of my linebackers in my defensive end yeah that'd be fine yeah i was just going to shore up the the line a little bit extra maybe mm. and put him on the interior and both ends Might as well next to just put him in i'll take him everywhere him kobe white's three of him and kobe white side on the line <laughs> And then two of him backing them up. I love it. Man, it'd be interesting to see. So, yeah, those are the linebackers, Nick Bolton. (laughs) Thanks for everybody for listening. Yeah. uh, We really need Nick Bolton to stay healthy, first of all. Um, Obviously, we went through heartbreak last year when we lost Cale Garrett. Uh, We didn't know. You knew. I got to tell the listeners. I got to tell the viewers. I got to tell producer Cameron. Kyle knew what we had in Nick Bolton. I think before he even played a game for missouri (laughs) because kyle picked him in his seven on seven draft the very first time we did it and i was like who is nick bolton and come to find out he is a future preseason second team all-american now my question to you is are they including the now defunct big 10 and pac 12 when they do those preseason all-american teams that is actually a one or is that just the do not the the teams that are playing the players they're actually going to play I, 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 I'm going to assume it probably includes everybody. That's what I was going to say, but I really don't know. Yeah. So you were on him early, and now second team All-America. I can only hope that my other breakout candidates <laughs> can even be like half as good as Nick Bolton was. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, everybody else, kind of, most of us anyway, and obviously the more casual fans, uh, were introduced to Nick Bolton when Kale Garrett went down last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's... It's crazy to think how good Kale Garrett was to start that season, and we had a just as 
just as good of a player, if not a better player, who maybe just hadn't quite... I mean, Kale Garrett had just the most incredible plays. Like the individual play, the highlights belonged for the most part to Kale Garrett last year. Mm -hmm. You know, the play where he saw that it was a backwards pass and went and scored a touchdown Mm -hmm. and nobody else knew what was going on. Uh, he had multiple pick sixes, I think. I think that game that we went and saw, the West Virginia game, I'm pretty sure Cale Garrett and Nick Bolton both scored a defensive touchdown in yeah. that game. It's just wild how good they were together. But, yeah, Nick Bolton, um, <clears throat> he kind of carried on the torch. He just remained that good all season. Yeah. I think my favorite play of Nick Bolton from last year is against Tennessee when they kind of had a goal line play and they yes. had, like, a ball carrier. I can't remember if it was, like, a – it was almost like a wide receiver or somebody that had the ball, but he was just coming at full speed. Yep. He's literally at the one yard line at yep. full speed. He's scoring and didn't score. Nick Bolton just absolutely destroyed like a him. Brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. Just destroyed him. And I think that when this time next year or not this time next year, but at next year's draft NFL draft, whenever we're um, seeing Nick Bolton highlights, I think that one will definitely be oh, one yeah. that we see many times. Oh, yeah, That'll be the go-to. That was as impressive as a play I've, as I've seen in college for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. Um, there are other linebackers though, that we probably should talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, Devin Nicholson will probably start. Um, and he's a sophomore that played quite a bit at the probably the second half of last year and, and played pretty well. He was kind of a, a low, rec- a low rated recruit that kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know a whole lot about him whenever he started playing last year, but he, he performed pretty well. So I think he has a pretty good shot to play on one of the outside linebacker positions. And then we've got a, uh, an old fashioned competition for that third starting spot um, between two guys that were both pretty highly rated recruits that, that have kind of, underperformed or not really lived up to the expectations that we were hoping for. But those guys are Aubrey Miller and Chad Bailey. Aubrey Miller is probably a guy that most people are familiar with. Um, he's a little bit older. I think he's might be a senior, but um, kind of on the smaller side, but he's super, super fast, really good athlete. And same thing with Chad Bailey. He's kind of undersized as well, but, but super good athlete. And Chad Bailey was, I think one of our, probably our highest rated recruit in, the class he came in whenever that was like 2017 or 18 but both those guys it will be nice to see them succeed and in the starting role yeah um with regard to the defense as a whole i'm just gonna have to hope that ryan walters knows what he's doing (laughs) and i'm confident in that and that i mean he's not gonna have an easy job this season uh, the defense was pretty solid last year. I don't know. I think maybe I feel like the back half of the defense can only prop up the defensive line so much. And as good as I think the safeties and Nick Bolton are going to be. You can only cover like wide receivers for so long. You can only cover wide receivers for so long. Yes, exactly. And. I'm not confident that this cornerback group is going to be super sticky. And I think that they're going to need help from the defensive line. Mm -hmm. And I think the defensive line is not prepared to provide that help, at least based on what we've seen of these players from last year. I think that if Missouri is unsuccessful this season and 
the defense is not as good as we hoped obviously i yeah i agree that's what that's what it was it was the d-line just didn't get the push a the pass rush isn't there because i really don't think that it's gonna we're gonna be able to put the blame on on the other positions i i think there's too much experience i think there's too much prior success and, and i think <clears throat> i'm what worries me the most is that we're just gonna get torched through the air a lot i think that the linebackers and the safeties can step up and stop the run really well i think you can't rely on your safeties to you know be what is the anchor of your pass defense it just is not going to work out and so my fear is that teams are going to be inclined to just kind of let their quarterback sling it and air it out and try to throw the ball you know 40 times against missouri and just hope for the best pull a david blau on us exactly (laughs) or all the other backup quarterbacks that have haunted us for the last couple seasons yeah so that's my fear and i still think missouri's run defense is going to be pretty strong i mean i think they're not jordan elliott is losing jordan elliott is the the biggest question mark for me Mm -hmm. because he contributed so much even even when he wasn't you know sacking the quarterback which was most of the time he was still (laughs) you know, just commanding the offensive line's attention yeah, and still making plays. Yeah. He, a very, fighting through blocks to shut down runs. Very special combination of being able to rush the quarterback from the inside, but also <clears throat> be a great run stopper. And I think, you know, he was one of the highest uh, graded defensive tackles in college football last year by pro fo- pro, whatever they are, pro football focus. Shout out to them. It's shout out to those fellas. We see, I see your tweets all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Jordan Elliott truly was one of the top two or three rated guys by the, by them. And, um, he's everywhere. And it, it truly, that will be one of the biggest question marks of the defense is how do we replace that? And does Kobe Whiteside take a step? Does, are we able to bring in, uh, someone else that can, that can help, um, because we're not we're not going to be able to get that interior push that I think we were kind of grown accustomed to last season. Yeah, the good news is uh, Drinkwitz has been hard at work recruiting defensive linemen and looking good for the upcoming recruiting class. So that might be a strength in a couple of years. Yeah, but he has identified now. a uh, identified an opportunity for improvement. We think and capitalized so far. Mm-hmm. So we have that to look forward to. Um, we just we just talked about that whole team yeah who's gonna return punts oh speaking of punts we should talk about the kickers oh yeah well i know i'm pretty sure the punter is gonna be the guy that transferred uh, from kentucky mckinnis mckinnis i don't know i'm sorry i don't know his name uh but he's a grad transfer harrison mevis might be the kicker he's a freshman it might be the, the the kentucky transfer might punt and kick i don't know uh who's gonna return yeah. punts? Elijah Young? Maybe. Maybe Jarvis Ware? I don't know. Maybe Michael Wilson? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Give him a shot. Cade Musser? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anything else? We we, we talked about that team. We talked about, like, everybody on the team, didn't we? Yep. Just about. I love it. I could keep going, but we've hit an hour. That's probably all anybody wants to listen to. Plus, forty minutes. Give us your breakout players. If you uh, there's somebody that we didn't mention, maybe, uh, maybe they're a little bit buried in the depth chart, or or someone 
that we didn't uh, talk a whole lot about, or maybe if you, if you agree, agree with us, let us know who your breakout player is going to be. Yeah. Let me know why I should be a little bit more optimistic because I'm not super optimistic and we'll be really showing how optimistic or not optimistic we are next week when we break down the full roster, uh, the full the rosters this week. Wow. This again, is the <laughs> run it back. We're doing it again. <laughs> we're breaking down the schedule next week and we're going to figure out how many games we think this team is going to win what do you think they're playing 10 sec games or something yeah not very optimistic yeah (laughs) yeah we'll get to that and then we're also going to do our seven on seven draft so all these players that we talked about we're going to be in a pool a swimming pool pool. party (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we'll be picking seven on seven and the catch is both sides of the ball must be played Mm. by the seven players Mm, can't wait so producer cameron will be our commissioner who's gonna be our next nick bolton exactly we'll find out next week and uh tell them where they can find us I suppose. all right you can find us on spotify google podcast oh yeah where else can they find us where's the third one i normally say uh apple podcast apple podcast, that's duh. one everybody listens to of course and we're on twitter and instagram at mizzou sports pod and you can email us at missouri at com. yep Check out twitch.tv slash it's Yeti. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.